Tonight we're asking the question like we have been all year long. Are you living a life of peace or is your life falling to pieces? That's two different directions. And tonight we want to look at the title in particular, Peace Comes When We Do Surrender. And so we find a man in Matthew chapter 19. The story of this man is found in Mark and Luke also as well as Matthew. And each one puts a little extra part to this man. But we know three things about him in particular. Uh, he was young. He was a young man. We don't know exactly how young, but a young man. Uh, he was also rich, and uh, he was a ruler. He, he was in charge. He had authority over others, and so some sort of a powerful person in some sense. But nevertheless, he came to Jesus one day, and he said, Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And we're going to find out in the story that he was a good person, a good man. He was an honest man. He obeyed the law. He followed the law. He knew the law. And uh, yet he was asking the question, what one thing, there, there's something's missing in my life. And so even though he's a good person, a good man, and did good things for a lot of people probably, he realized in his own heart, his own life, there's just something missing. And sometimes we do that when we're serving God even. We, we have those times in our life, maybe that day, that week, that month, or even that year, period of time, that we just feel like there's just something missing. I can't put my finger on it, but something's missing in my life. Uh, I'm doing something wrong. I'm missing out on something. I did something. I, I need to look back into my life. What's missing? But there's just something not right. Maybe you've been there that you felt that or do feel that sometimes, that something's missing. I, I can't put my finger on it. And so that man was the same way. He knew he was good, he knew he was rich, he knew he was a ruler, he knew he was young, uh, he knew he was a good man, but he also knew there's one thing missing, what good thing, what one good thing can I do to get eternal life? Well, Jesus asked him the question, why do you ask me about what is good? Uh, Jesus did that a lot, didn't he? He'd answer a question with a question. He'd put it back on the person. You want to know the answer, you give the answer, because most times we already know the answer. Haven't we found that out before? Sometimes we ask people about something and we really already know the answer, but we want them to reassure us or tell us something different. We already know the answer anyway. And Jesus said, why do you ask me about being good? There's only one who is good. And if you want to enter life, obey the commandments. He's trying to put the emphasis on God the Father as he knew this man knew about God the Father. And he said, the only one that we know and, and we're talking right here is God the Father. And so if you want to enter life, you want to have this eternal life, you want to realize what's missing, obey the commandments. There must be something you're not obeying in the commandments, so obey the commandments. And so the man asked him, well, which ones? Which ones are you talking about? The top ten? Ten commandments? Some of the Pharisees' traditions? Some of the things that have come down, come down through history? What, what are you talking about? Which ones? And so Jesus replied, well, let me just give you a few phrases. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he just skipped around, pulled a few Ten Commandments out, but he also brought in love your neighbor as yourself, and he didn't go in any kind of order there. He's just talking about murder, adultery, stealing, lying, honoring your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so he just wanted to give a general consensus of some laws that this man ought to be obeying, and if you are obeying these laws, you've got eternal life because you apparently have a righteous life or you wouldn't be doing these things. And so the man answered, all these I've kept. What do I still lack? Like? There's still something missing, Jesus. 
I'm a good person. I do these things. I obey these commands. And, but there's still just something missing. I don't know what it is. And so Jesus answered, well, if you want to be perfect, complete, whole, lacking nothing, here's what you do. You really want to get to the bottom line, don't you, fella? Yeah, I do. They said, all right, here we go. Leave here, go. Sell all your possessions. You're a rich man. Sell everything you got. And give all your possessions, the, the money that you get for selling everything, and give it all to the poor. And when you do that, you'll have treasure in heaven. And then, here's what you need to do then. Come and follow me. So he said, I'll make it real simple for you. You're a good person. You're a good man. You have ruling authority over people. You have money. You're young. So here's what you do. Just You want to know what's missing in your life? This right here. Get rid of everything you got and uh, give it away. That'll give you treasure in heaven. And then when you get through doing that, come and follow me. Just find me wherever I am. Come follow me. Well, when the young man heard this, he should have said, that's what's missing. I, I knew there was something missing in my life. I, I knew I couldn't put a finger on it. But now that you've told me this, I'll be right on my way. And as soon as I get it all sold, I'll be back. But he didn't say that, did he? said he went away sad. Isn't that amazing? Got money, got youth, got intelligence, got people under him that work for him, authority. And he goes away sad when Jesus tells him this. Why? (laughs) Because he had great wealth. See, Jesus didn't touch on the first commandment. Do you know the first commandment? Do, do you know? Can you read it from there? Can't read it from there, can you? <laughs> Shall have no other gods before me, right? Well, Jesus didn't list that in the list he gave him when he said, when he said, you know, here's things you do. But by the answer the man gave him, we realized, Jesus realized, and the man realized he was not obedient to the first commandment. First commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. And this man had several. <laughs> he said, I can't do it. Went away sad. Out of all the things you could have asked me to do, Jesus, why do you have to ask me to give up my stuff? My stuff, I've had it. I, I've got a lot of wealth. I, I can't just give everything away all, all at one time. What am I going to do to make a living? How am I going to live? I'm, I'm going to be homeless if I give away all my stuff. I can't do that, Jesus. I can't surrender to you. I can't surrender all. I could surrender half. Wouldn't that be pretty good? What if I just give half of my stuff away? Give half of that to poor and then follow you, you know, maybe on the weekends or something. How about that, Jesus? No. Commandment number one says, no other God's for me. And that's why he went away sad. He's a good man. He, he knew he was doing good things in life, but he knew something was missing. And now he's sad because Jesus told him what was missing. And he didn't want to do that. He couldn't. So Jesus said to his disciples, that man's gone. I mean, he's, he's walked away. He's sad. He walked away. And uh, so Jesus turned to his disciples and said, I'll tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's difficult for this uh, rich person to enter in heaven. Why? Because they've already got another God, had a true and living God. And again, I'll tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Just a few weeks ago in Sunday school, somebody was bringing this up about this eye of the needle and said they had read that there's a, um, uh, an entrance gate going into Jerusalem called the eye of the needle. And as I researched that and looked all that up, it doesn't exist. It's not true. 
It's been a, a legend through the years. It's been a story through the years. But Jesus was simply saying, you want to talk about impossible? Try to get a big old camel through the eye of a needle that you can just barely see sometimes, you know, to put that thread through and try to see how hard that is just to get a piece of thread through the eye of the needle. But go get that big old camel sitting out there and try to get him to go through the eye of the needle. He said, you're talking about impossible. That's impossible. So I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. They were surprised at the answer. And they asked, well, who then can be saved? Because Jesus, we thought by following you, (laughs) we were saved. And we thought that all through what we've understood through the Jewish religion, that if you've got wealth, God has blessed you and you're special in God's eyes because you've got wealth. And now, Jesus, we gave up everything to follow you and we don't have a home. We don't have any wealth. We don't have anything in our hands. And we're following you. And so we're poor. And so we don't understand how if God blesses people that have riches and you just told this man to go give it all away and come and follow you, we did the same thing and, and we hadn't got anything yet. We follow you three and a half years, Jesus, and we're more poor at the end of the three and a half years than we were at the beginning of the three and a half years. Jesus, we don't get this. Where's our TV evangelist? Something's wrong here. There's just something missing. The checks weren't coming into the mailbox. And so they're asking the question, who then can be saved? I know they didn't have TV evangelists back then. They didn't have TV, so never mind. Well, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, with people, with humans, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's why I gave the example about the eye of the needle and the camel. He said, that's impossible to get a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Just as impossible as it is for you to be saved by yourself, on your own, without Jesus. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You can be saved through God, but you've got to make sure you surrender to him. So Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? What reward is waiting for us? We gave up everything. Jesus, don't you remember when you found me? I was down by the seashore mending nets because we were going out to fish some more because that's what my daddy always did and what my granddaddy always did. That's what I always did. and I'm going to pass it down to my children. Everybody in my family has always been fishermen. And that's what I was doing. And I, I left it. I dropped it right there, left daddy with it all, and came and followed you. What reward are we going to get? What's there going to be for us at the end of the road? What's left? Because we thought if we're doing what God wants to do, God would bless us, but it would also include wealth. So we don't understand what's there going to be for us. Jesus said to them, to tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, at the end of time when Jesus sets everything up in his kingdom, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Peter, you've got to wait for your reward. It's in a place called heaven. And when you get there, you're going to get your reward. You might not get it here. You might not get wealthy here. You might not get all these riches here. But in heaven you will, Peter. And so it is for you and I. Sometimes we look for that reward too, don't we? Well, Jesus, I'm doing the best I can every single day. I'm serving you, being obedient to you, doing all those things you want me to do. And 
and found that wealth yet. I ain't found those riches yet. I ain't found that reward yet. So Jesus, what is it in what's in it for me? And he said, in eternity is where we get a reward. And everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But he said, you've got to surrender all. You've got to give it all up. And that means giving up self first. You know that Christianity is not about us. Christianity is not about me. It's not about what I can get, what I can uh, have. It's not about what's going to come my way. It's about what can I give in Christianity. Because he said, you people have left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, fields, uh, fishing boats, all these things for my sake to follow Jesus. And he said, as a result of that, he said, you're going to get eternal life, but you're also going to get rewarded. But it's only going to come in eternity. And But many, he said, hmm. <laughs> Many who are first to be last, many who are last to be first. This rich man thought he was going to be first in line in heaven. I'm wealthy, I'm good, I'm honest, I work hard, I have riches, and I'm good to people, I'm a good person, and so I'm going to be first in line. And Jesus, after he got through with him, said, no, you're going to the back of the line. There's something missing in your life. You're right, fellow, there's something missing in your life. It's called a relationship with Jesus. It's called being born again. It's called being saved. It's called putting God first and everything else behind that. Many who are first to be last. Many who are last to be first. And so sometimes we think like, what am I getting out of life? What am I getting out of Christianity? What am I getting out of Jesus? I just go through life day after day, do what I need to do, start all over the next day. And Jesus said, I'm going to bring you to the first of the line. You're serving me. You're being obedient to me. Just wait for it. It's coming. So when we hold on our possessions... And we, we reject Jesus, our life falls to pieces. That rich man, his life fell to pieces instantly because he had to hold on to his possessions. He had to reject Jesus, and his life began to fall to pieces. What happened after that, we have no idea. We never get reintroduced to that man anymore. We never hear about him. We don't know what became of him. We don't know if he came back later and Jesus, uh, he repented and, and turned his life over to Jesus. We don't know. It's kind of like the man that... Uh, when they came to arrest Jesus that night in the garden there, and uh, Peter cut the man's ear off, and Jesus reached down, picked up the man's ear, and put it back on him. We never know what happened to that man, do we? But we can only imagine <laughs> what happened to him. So when we hold on to possessions and reject Jesus, our life does fall to pieces. But when we surrender all our possessions to Jesus, to Jesus we live a life of peace. Lord, I surrender it all to you. Whatever possessions I have, we have to say, we surrender to you. It's yours. It's your stuff. You gave it to me. You placed it in my hands to, to handle it, to use it for your kingdom and your glory. And so, Lord, I'm going to do that. You take it away. It's yours. You're the one that owns it. So you just let me manage it for you. That's when we live a life of peace, when we surrender everything we have to Jesus. So when relationships with people are more important than a relationship with Jesus, also our life begins to fall to pieces. When we say, well, that person or that person is a whole lot more important than my relationship with God, you know, God comes second behind that one. God comes third behind that one. Uh, you know, I'll give God whatever I need to give Him, but it's after I give to this person that person. That's when our life begins to fall to pieces. It's called getting our priorities out of order. You ever got your priorities out of order? You, you know, misplaced priorities. You, you know what that means? 
you know, there's some things that just really, really aren't that important, but we bring them up here to make them real important. And those things that are real important, we put them way down here somewhere, make them unimportant. That's when our life begins to fall to pieces. Uh, the top three relation, uh, the top three priorities should be in our life is our relationship with Christ. Number one above everything else. If we are married, our relationship with our spouse is second. If we're married and have children, our children are third. And so those three have to be in that order. If they're not, then we brought something down here at number nine, up there at number three, and, and it's all getting out of order. We brought something down here at number 10, should be number, you know, number one, not number one, all that. And we get things out of order. And our life begins to fall to pieces. So when relationship with people are more important than a relationship with Jesus, you know, we have fallen to pieces. But when our relationship with Jesus is more important than our relationship with people, that's when we have life peace because priorities are in order. When Jesus is number one in our life, everybody else is second, then Jesus gives us that peace we need. And when we resist obedience to Jesus, our life falls to pieces. Do you like the man here tonight? He... he couldn't obey Jesus. He said, I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I've, I've got too much wealth. It's all part of my life. I'm not giving it up. And he resisted being obedient to Jesus, and he went away sad. He said, I, I can't do it. So his life began to fall to pieces. But when we surrender to Jesus, we live a life of peace. When we surrender to Jesus, we find that peace we've been looking for. That rich young ruler a while ago knew something was missing. Couldn't put his finger on it. And Jesus pointed it out to what it was. And he said, I just can't do it. And he walked away sad. His life falling to pieces. If he'd have surrendered, he'd have found what was missing in his life. Is anything missing in your life tonight? It's found in surrendering to Jesus. Surrender whatever it is. And it's all parts of our life. Sometimes we say, well, I've given up this and I've given up that. What else does he want? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He wants that. Mm, okay. Well, I hadn't surrendered that yet. I'll get around to it, but I don't know when. Well, then the pieces began to fall apart until we do. Once we surrender all, that's when the peace comes and we know something's missing.